together. Those are all Walnut Hill folks who wrote that and produced that and put that together. So thank you so much, our spoken word team. It's a new team. A lot of fun. Praise God. Today, we continue on in our Advent series. Is anybody just astonished that it's Advent? That just crept up on us, didn't it? Where'd that come from? All of a sudden, we've got Christmas trees on the stage, but I feel good about it. I like the Christmas season. Here we are in Advent, and we're in this series called What a Name. We're looking in the book of Matthew again. Throughout this whole year, we've been in the book of Matthew. And so we're in chapter one today. I want to encourage you, if you have your Bibles, to open them or a device, some way to get Scripture in front of you. Matthew chapter one, verses 18 to 21 primarily going to be looking at verses 20 and 21, so you can, you can get there. In this series, we're looking at the different names of Jesus uh, that come up in the birth story, in the Christmas story. What a name. You know, names carry meaning, don't they? Do you know what the name, your name means? I hope so. If, if not, you should go and look it up so that in case anybody asks you, you know the answer I like my name, it, it means one of strength, right? I like that. I don't know if I can win any arm wrestling matches, but I like the idea of being a person of strong character, strong integrity. I, I like that. I like that my name carries that. Now, I don't know about you. There might be some of you in the room or watching online right now, and, and you've actually questioned your parents for years. Why did you give me this name? <laughs> you met anybody like this before? It was just their parents weren't thinking. Nobody consulted them. No one talked with them. They're, they're, you know, I found out that there is a person out there. Her name is Crystal, which is a great name. Our campus pastor, our online campus pastor, her name was Crystal. It's a great name. Crystal, it's a great name. But good thing your last name isn't Ball, right? What, were, what was Crystal Ball's parents thinking you just kind of want to shake those people a little bit, right? What kind of cruel joke was this? There's a guy out there, his name is Brock. Not a bad name, but his last name is Lee. Broccoli. It's, it's terrible. What are, you, what are you thinking? If you've done this to your kid, shame on you. Shame on you. There's a person out there, his name is Christian. Not a bad name, good name, right? His last name is Guy. Christian guy. So think of the pressure that you carry being a Christ follower. Think of this poor guy. He's like the Christian guy. He's got to be the model for everybody. What a terrible name. There's a person out there. His name is Cash. Not bad. It's kind of a cool name, actually. But his last name is Register. What a terrible name. What terrible parents. There's a guy out there, his name is Chris. Again, we've got people on our staff named Chris. Good name, good name. His middle initial is P, and his last name is Bacon. Chris P. Bacon is his name. I think if God, you know, wanted to move on that one, he would change Chris's name to Christopher. He would just come and say, listen, you're no longer Chris, you're Christopher. <laughs> Actually, God has a history of doing that, doesn't he? He changes names. We look throughout the Old Testament into the New Testament. God changes names. 
A lot of times what God is doing, he's saying, I have a new identity for you. Crispy Bacon, you're now Christopher. I want to relieve you of that identity and bring you into a new identity. You might remember this guy named Abram, and God said, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make you into a great nation. Your name is now Abraham. His wife's name was Sarai. He switched that into Sarah, giving these people a, a new identity. Abram was high father, but now Abraham meant father of a multitude. He was telling Abraham, this is what I'm going to do through you. Sarai meant my princess. That's, that's a great name, but he changed it into Sarah, which means the mother of nations. This is now going to be who you are, your identity. He changed Jacob's name, which meant supplanter, Jacob was the one who stole his brother's blessing, a supplanter. That's not a, a fantastic you know, title or meaning to the name. He said, no longer are you going to be called Jacob. You're going to be called Israel. Israel is going to be your name because I'm going to make you into this great nation. People are going to come from you. This is who you are. This is who you are. Israel having power with God is what it means. No longer are you going to be called Simon. No, you're not going to be called Simon. You're going to be called Peter, because Peter means rock. And Peter, from you, I'm going to build my church. You're no longer Saul. That's your old man, persecutor of Christians. No, you're Paul. I don't know about you, but whenever I think of Saul and Paul, I think of two different people. Don't you? Like When you read and you hear about Saul and Paul, don't you think those are two different people? You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right, because Saul became Paul, a new identity. He was a new person in Christ Jesus. God, he changes names, changes names because names carry meaning, and he wants to claim new identity over people, and you, you see him do this so often. As I was thinking about names and names in Scripture, there are so many good names in Scripture that carry great meaning, great meaning. I think of Nehemiah, which means compassion. It's a great meaning in that name. I think of Eve, which means source of life. What a wonderful meaning in that name. I think of Mary, which means my beloved. Or I think of Elizabeth, which means an oath with God. Great names, great meanings. But what I want to talk to you about today is that there's one name that is above every name. There is one name that is above every name. I love in Philippians chapter two, it says this, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. In heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue declare, that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. There is one name above every other name, and it's the name of Jesus. I wanna to talk to you about the name of Jesus, the name of Jesus. You know there's power in the name of Jesus? Do you know there's hope in the name of Jesus? Jesus, Jesus. <laughs> you know there's healing in the name of Jesus? Jesus. I want to talk to you about this name, Jesus. There's this great song written many years ago by the Gaithers. There's something 
about that name. Have you heard that song? I'm not gonna sing it. (laughs) There's something about that name. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. There's something about that name. Master, Savior, Jesus. Like the fragrance after the rain. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Let all heaven and earth proclaim kings and kingdoms will pass away. But there's something about that name. Well, what is it about that name? It's a good song, but let's answer the question. (laughs) What is it about the name of Jesus? There's something about that name. My prayer is that we would all walk out of here, or if you're online today, that, that in our hearts we would, we would leave and we would stand up after this, this message and this worship service, this time together, knowing what it is about this name that's so special, that's so significant. So let's reflect on Matthew chapter one. This is where Joseph is visited by an angel, and the angel speaks to Joseph. And let me bring you to verses 20 to 21. It says this, as he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him, that's Joseph, in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Let's reflect on this passage today. There's something about that name. There's something about that. And she will have a son, and you are to name him. Let's stop there. Do you know that our God has a name? He has a name. I love from this passage that we learn that God, he has a name. That he was named. That as he walked this planet, he walked this planet with a name, that we can call him something. This is so significant for us today, that we have a God who has a name that we can call upon. In the Old Testament, God had lots of names. People called him lots of different things. And usually they would call him these things based on how he revealed himself to them or how he acted in their lives and for their people. And so he was called El Shaddai, Lord God Almighty, Adonai, Lord, Master, Yahweh, Lord, Jehovah Nisi, the Lord my banner, Jehovah Ra'ah, the Lord is my shepherd, Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide, Jehovah Shalom, the Lord is peace, Elohim, judge and creator, And then when Moses says to the Lord, Lord, okay, but why would they ever believe me? When I go to the Pharaoh and say, let my people go, what if they say, who sends you? And God says, tell them, I am sends you. I am who I am. And all these names were used for God, describing who he is and what he had been to his people. But now when God decides he's coming down as one of us, that he's gonna take on human flesh, he gives himself a name. I imagine God kind of flipping through the baby name book, right? Kind of like, what should, what should I go with, you know, down there? 
A lot of names would have suited him, right? Probably names that none of us could hold. You know, God could have said, oh, well, look at these lots of great names here. Maybe I'll call myself Master. Right? That would fit him. Not you, right? But it would fit him. Oh, maybe I'll call myself Righteous. Or I'll call myself Perfect. Or I'll give myself the name Lord or, or Majesty. Or maybe I'll give myself the name Prince. But he doesn't do that. He says, no, I'm going to be called Jesus. I, I bet the first time people heard that, they thought to themselves, well, wait a second. I know a Jesus. He lives right down the street. <laughs> I, I know several Jesuses, actually. It'd kind of be like us knowing a John or a Dan. You know, all of us know a John or a Dan, right? Why such an ordinary name? Jesus? But think of this. Who could hang out with a guy named Almighty <laughs> and really feel comfortable? Who would feel comfortable you know, walking and learning from a guy named Majesty? You see, God was finally given a name that everyone could relate with. It was real. It was personal. It was approachable. His name, in his very name, it's an invitation to the world to come close to him, to draw near, to know him personally. God has a name, and his name tells us all about his heart for us. His heart is for us to know him personally. I can remember the first time I met Jesus. I had learned a lot about Jesus, but this was the first time I met Jesus. There's a difference, a big difference. See, I had heard about him. I'd even been taught about him, but I remember I was invited to a kid's camp in the summer at a church in New Milford. And I went with one of my friends, and from Monday to Thursday, we learned all about this Jesus. And how this Jesus wanted to have a personal relationship with me. I gotta tell you, for me, it was the first time where I understood that Christianity wasn't about rituals. It wasn't about attendance. It wasn't about tradition. It was about a person that I could have a relationship. It was about God wanting to know me and be known by me. Personal, personal. So the question is not, have I done enough to please God? I think in our culture, maybe you've even been taught that. You just have to be the best possible person. <laughs> so that when God looks at you, the good outweighs the bad. But the question is not, have I done enough have I done enough to earn my way in? No, the question is, do you know this Jesus? Do you know Jesus? Do you know the Lord? His name is Jesus. And I love that he has a name because the very fact that he has a name tells me that he's knowable, that we can know him. Do you know him? Let's read this again, Matthew 1, 20, 21. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus. You know, it's a great honor to be able to name a child. 
For Beck and I, it took us a while to name our kids, pretty much until they're kicking us out of the hospital. It seemed like a very big decision. We didn't want to, you know, burden our kids with one of those terrible names that I mentioned before. It was a big burden, but also a great honor to name children. When I look at the story of Jesus' birth, it dawned on me this time as I read on it that Joseph and Mary didn't really have that honor. <laughs> they didn't have the honor of going, wow, what should we name him? Well, this is our family names. These are the way I've always pictured myself with a, you know, with a Chris. You know, this. No, no, they didn't have it. No, God said, this is going to be the child's name. And so not only was Jesus named, but he was given a God-given name. He wasn't named by his earthly father. He was named by his heavenly father. Why does this matter? This is why it matters greatly. Because he was named on purpose. The meaning of his name matters. It's significant. There's a message to us in his name. God chose it. And if God chose it, he's telling us something about who he is. This is what the angel says. And you are to name him Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. Two main things that the angel says to Joseph about this name. First is this, is that his name was going to be Jesus. This is his name. Name him Jesus. The name Jesus means the Lord saves. Now you have to remember that Jesus was probably a common name. So there might have been a kid down the road named Jesus. And so folks would say, oh, it's a great name, the Lord who saves. That's fantastic. Maybe that saving is coming. Maybe people are thinking in their heads uh, the kind of saving that's going to happen. But this is Jesus. His purpose and his mission is that he is going to save. Now, I love how the angel adds on to it. He says, listen, but I'm going to tell you now how he's going to save. What it means for Jesus, this Jesus, this Messiah, to be a savior. For he will save his people from their sins. He will save his people from their sins. He will save. I love this directive, this, this, this statement from the angel. It's like he's saying, Jesus will accomplish his mission. You can guarantee it. He's going to live up to his name. I can remember a couple kids I grew up with who weren't living up to their name. I remember this one kid that, that was, he was a great kid, a lot of fun, funny but he was extremely slow, like very slow. He was one of those people that when they're running, it looks like they're walking. Have you seen this before? Now listen, I have no problem with people who are slow. I'm becoming slower with every day of my life, okay? I, I understand that. But the problem with this was that this kid's name was Dash. <laughs> he wasn't living up to his name. I remember another friend of mine, um, well, really wasn't a friend, an acquaintance. And this, this girl, wherever she went, she seemed to stir up, well, wars. <laughs> All kinds of mean things were said and division and she could never keep friends and she'd always offend her friends. And fine, we're all gonna meet people like that, but, but her name was Harmony. <laughs> she wasn't living up to her name. But I love how the angel says his name's going to be Jesus and he will 
save. This Jesus is going to live up to his name. You can guarantee it. It's a promise. He will save. There's something about that name. There's something about that name. And here's one of the somethings, is that he fulfills his promises. He fulfills the very promise of his name. He will save his people. This is the angel saying, this is God come to you. It's his people. This is the creator of the universe who's coming in human flesh. This is this Jesus. He's coming to save his people. And from what? From their sins. He's come to save his people from the things that hold us captive. You know, friends, we live in an evil world. And the evilness of this world finds its way into our hearts and lives too, doesn't it? It's a constant battle for us, isn't it? The evil of this world, the sin that affects our hearts, the the selfishness that takes root in our lives, the pride, the betrayal of God, the infection of evil in our being, the bitterness that takes root in our lives, even the hatred that we can have for others. This is all sin, And it's because we live in this evil and sinful world. But God has come as one of us to redeem us and save us from sin. To set us free. I love in Acts 4 it says, There is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. The name of Jesus. It's a God-given name. And it's a powerful name. You know, we learn a lot about the name of Jesus in Scripture. It's a powerful name. I think, friends, we we need to embrace the power of the name of Jesus again. The name of Jesus is powerful. All other names bow to his name. In Luke 10, it's the sending of the 72 disciples. And they come back and they return with joy and they say, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. All other names bow to his name. It's a powerful name. Assurance and confidence is found in his name. In Romans 10, it says, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Isn't that wonderful assurance? Call on the name of Jesus and you will be saved. You will be rescued. You will be brought into the presence of God. You will enjoy eternity. Don't you love that assurance? There's no greater assurance than what God has said to us that in the name of Jesus, you are saved. It's a powerful name. The gift of his presence is given through his name. I love in Acts 2, it says, and Peter said to them, this great crowd that had developed after Pentecost, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. Now catch this promise, stick with me, catch with this promise, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. It's through the name of Jesus that you receive the gift of his spirit, his presence, the name of Jesus. It's a powerful name. There's something about that name. There's something about that name. Because through his name comes the presence of God. Healing comes through his name. In Acts 3, but Peter said, I have no silver or gold. Remember, he, he sees this, this beggar, this, this lame man on the road. He says, listen, I have no silver or gold, but what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up 
and walk. There's power. There's something about that name. There's something about that name. Hope comes in his name. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. There's something about that name. It's a powerful name. It's a transforming name. When we give our lives to Jesus, he transforms us. I have a friend, I'll call him Jeff, and I sat with him a year ago, and he, he told me he, he tried everything to overcome his, his drug and alcohol addiction. He attended the best-named institutions and rehab facilities. He desperately tried to get free by thinking about the names of the people he loved the most, his wife, his kids, but nothing was working until finally he bowed his knee to the name above every other name. And Jesus set him free from his addiction. And more than that, he gave him a new identity in the Lord. This is a real person. I want to tell you about Kate. Kate lived with crippling anxiety and depression. Her friends were deeply concerned for her life. One day, Kate came to a church service here at Walnut Hill. And the passage that was being spoken on was, Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest. For the first time, Kate came in front, right up here, received prayer and said, I want to know this Jesus. I need his rest. And today, her testimony is that she continually receives rest in Jesus Christ. Let me tell you about Sarah. She lost her husband to cancer several years ago, but she tells everyone that it's because of her Jesus who's walked with her every single day through the storm that she's able to continue on. She's experienced his great faithfulness. Let me tell you about Claire. Claire never felt like she had a purpose in life, never felt she mattered. She heard the good news of Jesus, how he came to die for her, that she, very, that she mattered very much to him. So she gave her life to Jesus, and now she says she has new life in him. And so she began to tell her family. In the last six months, 10 members of her family have given their life to Jesus. This is a transforming name. This is a powerful name. I began to think, you know, why do I have a name? Why is it important that I have a name? Well, it's important that I have a name so that I can be known. You know, it'd be hard to establish relationship with people without names, right? It never feels good to be called, hey, you. <laughs> hey, you, right? No, to be known, you need a name so somebody can call you by name. I think I also have a name so that I can be loved. It's such a great feeling when somebody knows your name, right? And they say, hey, hey, Brian, I want to encourage you. But I also have a name so that I can be called on. Sometimes you just need to get my attention. And how are you going to do that? You're going to do that with my name. Hey, Brian! Praise God that God has a name, Jesus, that he can be known, Jesus, that we can love him and worship him by calling out his name. And praise God that we can call on him, that we can grab his attention by saying, Jesus, Jesus, I need you. Friends, I want to tell you, hope has a name, love has a name. Peace has a name. Joy 
has a name. Freedom has a name. Victory has a name. And that name is Jesus. Do you know him? There's something about that name. It's the name above every other name. Do you know him? I want to give you the opportunity as the band comes out and the band in our worship in our campuses as well comes out. I want to give you an opportunity to make a covenant with this Jesus. It's a personal covenant. This isn't you agreeing or making a commitment to church attendance. This is you making a commitment to the living God, to walk in relationship with him. You know, on my wedding day, and if you're married, probably on yours as well, you made a covenant with your spouse. I remember saying the words, and they sound like this. As a pastor, I've shared these words and had people give their their vows right in front of me. But I remember saying these words to Becca. We used each other's names. And I said this, I, Brian, take you, Becca, to be my wife. It was a covenant. It wasn't just a nice idea. It was a commitment to be in relationship with her the rest of my life. I feel and I sense that there are some of you today that need to make that covenant with Jesus. Maybe you've never made it before. Or maybe if you're honest, you've been walking away from him and you need to recommit. And I want to make it as simple as possible. Maybe you just need to say to Jesus, I, Brian, put your name in there. Take you, Jesus, to be my Lord, to be my Savior. And so right now, whether you're at home or you're here in the room, you're in one of our campuses, I want to invite you to make a covenant with Jesus. There's no name greater than the name of Jesus. And it's not just a name. It's a person. It's a relationship you can have with a living God. So with your head bowed and your eyes closed, I just want to pray for us, and then I'm going to invite you to make that covenant. Oh, Lord, we thank you that you came down as one of us. You showed us the way. You showed us and revealed yourself to us. We thank you for your name, Jesus. We thank you that there's power in your name, that there's transformation in your name. And Lord, right now, I know there are people listening who have strayed from you, have walked away from you, and they need to return. And I pray that they would make a covenant with you again. And Lord, for some, this is the first time where they've heard this gospel message. Or maybe it's the first time it's really clicked that you want to walk with them, that you want to have a personal relationship with them. And Lord, I pray that they too would make this covenant. And so friends, in just a moment, I'm going to invite you to say I and then put your name. Take you, Jesus, to be my Lord. And you can say it out loud if you want, or you can say it within your heart. And so if you want to make that covenant right now, let's just say it with me. You can say it out loud or in your heart. I, Brian take you, Jesus, to be my Lord. Say that again. I, Brian, take you, Jesus, to be my Lord. Oh, there's something about that name. King of kings, the Lord of lords, the Prince of peace, wonderful counselor. There's no other name like the name of Jesus. Because attached to that name is a person who wants to walk with you. It's God. Come down as one of us. And I pray for all who made that covenant 
that we would walk closely with him this Christmas season. I pray all this in the powerful name of Jesus himself.